Hello there and welcome to a new conversation with a new friend. I started sheep herding when I was about six years old with my cousins and my uncles. The sheep now stay mostly on the valley floor. It's a mountain valley where I grew up. And they, they need to get moved from field to field because as they graze, they overgraze the fields. So you have to herd them from one field to the next. And that was kind of our first job as kids. I'm Dodie Axelson, host of Get to Know an Average Joe. Today, we're going to meet Savannah Spillers, and we are sitting in your fifth grade classroom. It's been a while since I personally have been in a fifth grade classroom. What are fifth graders like compared to what you were like as a fifth grader, Savannah? In some ways, they are a lot more mature than I was. They, of course, have exposure to so much more media and social media that they know a lot more than I did in fifth grade about the world things they probably shouldn't know. <laughs> but in other ways... Such as? Such as pop culture references or music that has adult language or adult content that they should not be listening to. Um, so in, in ways like that, they are much more mature than, than I was when I was in fifth grade. But in other ways, they are much more immature in that they are, I feel, the culture of today is babying children a lot more and taking away responsibility from them for their own actions. Especially in an international school where a lot of the kids have maids, they are not mature enough to keep their things safe or to be responsible, to turn things in on time. So it's this weird, I don't know, balance of being too mature and not mature enough at the same time. Okay, and just to clarify, we're in Mexico City. You teach at a private school. How are fifth graders universal? What's the same? You know, kids are, I mean, it's, it's great to see the basic human conditions in kids. All kids want to be loved. They want friends. They want acceptance. Um, they want to feel like they're being listened to. So, I mean, that's something basic in, in all humans, but you especially get to see it in kids because they don't have walls built up yet to, to hide those things or... Or Their defense mechanisms are weaker. Exactly, exactly. So it's, you know, it's great to see kind of like that movie Babies where you just saw that all, no matter where you are in the world or where you're from or what your culture is, there's basic human qualities that we all have that we all need to fulfill, I guess. Why did you decide to become a teacher? I actually kind of fell into it randomly. I was doing a volunteer program, and with my degree, the only area I could really work in was was teaching. And so I volunteered for two years teaching on the border between Mexico and the U.S., and I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with kids. I fell in love with every day being different. Every year you get a whole new group of kids and then it's completely different. So it's, it's always a challenge and it's always fun. And where has teaching taken you besides here to Mexico City? So I started teaching on the border between Mexico and the US in Brownsville, Texas. And then I've lived in Brasilia, Brazil and taught there for three years and now Mexico City. You're not a Texan though from the beginning. No, I am not. <laughs> I'm a born and raised Coloradan. True Coloradan, Colorado native. Why did you pick to go to Texas? Well, the program I joined, it was kind of like Teach for America for people who are familiar with Teach for America. Um, so it was a teaching program and you got assigned an area and you really didn't have a choice. You got told this is your location, so either join our program or 
or not. And you've always spoken Spanish. You grew up with some Mexican background, right? Yes, yes. So my family, well, they're actually um, originally from Spain. They were one of the original families that were granted Spanish land grants, which was then part of New Spain, then became Mexico, then became the United States. So the whole southwestern area that was settled by Spanish families in the late 1600s, early 1700s. So my family has maintained that culture, the language, foods. Even though you have red hair and blue eyes, so I would guess Irish more immediately than I would guess Mexican background. Yes, yes. So my father's side of the family is actually from the South, South Carolina, but they have Irish and Scottish backgrounds. So curly hair, blue eyes, green eyes, <laughs> all of that. But the rest of my, my mom's side of the family definitely has the Latino look to them. And before you came to teaching, there were you said you fell into it, so there were a series of other jobs. What were those jobs? What was the most memorable job you had? Well, I've done a little bit of everything. I've bartended, I've waitressed, I've worked for a catering company, I've worked in a museum. Um, but my very first job I had in Colorado was sheep herding, actually. In the mountains, my grandfather used to have a head of over a thousand sheep. And every summer, he would take them up into the mountains and, and camp with them and stay with them. And he and his siblings actually had to take turns skipping a year of school to stay with the sheep in the mountains. And so they all graduated a little bit behind schedule. But by the time, you know, years passed, people don't really do that anymore. So. Yeah, so let's clarify. You were a shepherd in the year... Starting around 1990, I started sheep herding when I was about six years old with my cousins and my uncles. So the sheep now stay mostly on the valley floor. It's a mountain valley where I grew up. And they, they need to get moved from field to field because as they graze, they overgraze the fields. So you have to herd them from one field to the next. And that was kind of our first job as kids. We were responsible for helping herd the sheep down the highways from one place to the next. But you did this a little bit older, like you said your grandfather and his family did. So you did this after high school as well? I have helped after high school, but not consistently as a job. It's more like when you're home in the summer, it's what you do. You help out the family moving the sheep. So I, I only got really paid for it as a job when I was a kid up through high school. So how do you think that shaped you, being on the fields and moving this gang of sheep from field to field? <laughs> Actually, I think it prepared me for teaching excellently <laughs> because that's what I do every day now. I even call the kids either my little chickens or my little sheep because I feel like that's all I do is I herd them from place to place. But, um, you know, it definitely teaches you a lot of character to be outside in the sun, walking behind these dirty, smelly animals. And it also teaches you a lot of compassion as well. A lot of people who don't grow up on farms think that farmers are cruel to their animals or mistreat them, but it's actually the opposite. You gain a lot of compassion for the animals. It's just that there are facts of life that it's hot out and the sheep have a lot of wool and they're going to get hot, but there's nowhere else to put them, you know? So you have to move them from place to place for them to survive. Do you eat lamb? Do you uh, wear wool? I mean, how does this uh, come into your everyday life today? Yes, yes, for sure. Um, I mean, growing up, my grandfather would actually butcher the sheep on his farm. So it's this interesting thing where you get some of the, the animals are even your pets and you name them and you raise them. But you know all along that they're being raised for food, for your sustenance. So I definitely think that if they're raised humanely, then, you know, there's nothing wrong with eating meat or wearing wool or, but 
in these factory farms or things like that, that's where I start to have some issues. So I would much rather eat meat in, in my farm, in my town where I grew up, because I know where it's coming from and I know how it was raised and I know that it was humanely done than going to a grocery store and buying food from the grocery store. And the family farm is still active today? It is still active. It's changed a bit. Um, it now belongs to one of my uncles. And he doesn't have the sheep anymore, actually. We phased out the sheep. So he has a few head of cattle, and he rotates other animals in and out. Sometimes he'll, he'll dawdle in chickens, sometimes he'll have goats. But mainly it's a farm now for barley. We use the land to grow barley for Coors beer. Wow. Okay, so that makes sense in Colorado. What does a barley farm look like? So it's just a bunch of fields, basically, um, and it has to be certified by Coors Beer. And they come and they check your barley to make sure that it's not being used too many chemicals or it doesn't have too many weeds in it. So it's, you know, certified crop. And then you just, you, you grow your barley in the summers and whatever you get from your harvest, you sell to the factory for them to make their beer. Do you think anybody is a shepherd anymore in the continental United States? I think maybe in small places like where I grew up, you would still see, you know, small herds of, of sheep. But that's mainly for like self-sustenance people who, who raise the sheep for themselves. After NAFTA passed, I think a lot of the small farmers, both in Mexico, U.S. and Canada, all got kind of phased out. So now, of course, with the big factory farms I've been talking about, you can't really make any money, which is why my family phased out the sheep from their farm, because the the cost just wasn't worth the the benefit in the end. Let's track back to what you said about teaching and how teaching is taking you around to different places in the world. What is life like as an expat in Mexico City? I love it. I think it's wonderful. I've lived now in two different countries, so I've had the expat experience in different places, and I love it in Mexico City. I feel like it's a very welcoming and warm place for people. Um, definitely not like you see in the media. It's it's busy, yes, and it, there's lots of... And dirty. And dirty, yes, but it's also beautiful and warm and inviting, and I think that a lot of foreigners don't realize that about the city. You know, people are very happy to meet new new people from different cultures here. I've not had, I don't think, one experience where I have felt rejected or criticized for being an American in Mexico. So what is next for you? Is there a plan to keep moving around? Not really. There, there was before I moved here. I thought this would be a two-year stop for me and I would move to a different country, maybe Europe. But now that I'm here, I really love it. I feel like it's home. I've made a lot of great connections here and I don't know, I feel like it's a place I can settle. It's not too far from, from Colorado to visit my family. So right now I'm just kind of indefinitely here and living day to day and seeing, seeing what happens. My favorite question for everybody who talks to us on Get to Know an Average Joe is describe your favorite day. Um, I would have to say it would be a summer day when I'm on vacation and I don't have anything really to, to pressure me or to do to think about. Um, and it would probably be a day in Colorado with my family, waking up, having a cup of coffee, looking at the mountains, hearing the peaceful quiet of, of the farm, and just knowing that I get to spend the day with people I love. Thank you, Savannah Spillers. Thank you. Our next episode will introduce you to another educator in Mexico City. 
It's not just showing up. It's not just completing the blanks. You go and shopping for yourself, but you end up saying, oh my God, my classroom needs this. Oh my God, this child would, let me get this uh, because I could use this for this project or I could use this to help this child is what shopping becomes when you're a teacher. <laughs> it doesn't become shopping for yourself. Meet Jason Johnston on the next episode of Get to Know an Average Joe. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And let me know at Dodiax on Twitter what you think. Now, if you'll excuse me. <laughs>